Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insights, Shear number 19, continuing to address the Noshim Tzidkanius, the special women, the Jewish wives of Klal Yisrael. And again, please um, don't listen to this up front until you listen to all the general rules and klalim and disclaimers that I made in the first Shear when I started to talk and address the wives. Now, as we mentioned before, when you have the high desire partner, the one who desires the sex more than the other, start out and starts initiating and saying, I miss you, I would like to be with you, and there is a non-response. So there are stages of hurt that takes place, of feeling hurt, then sad, then angry, then quiet. So among those stages like we mentioned, there's a vulnerability that turns into anger and contempt, which leads to withdrawing. Now, um, what's very important, and that becomes a vicious cycle, because each one expects the other one to change. The high one expects the other one to be more forthcoming and open and be willing to be more sexual with them. And the lower one expects the higher one to just bug off and leave me be. And that creates a vicious cycle. Now, for the high sex tribe partner, it's important, and I'm telling the husbands that who have this, and the wives who are the high sex tribe partner need to know this too, that even if they feel hurt and rejected, they have to let go of their anger. They have to spend time with their spouse, with that, with her, with the wife, emotionally I will talk to the husband separately that they need to do this that they need to talk and be emotional and feel emotionally connected I will stress that very very often that they can't expect the woman to all of a sudden be in the mood you know you have to have that friendship that deep friendship emotional connection the listening the caring and um and they will feel more physically connected with you if you spend that quality time and you're emotionally connected. And that's what I would tell every partner that has that higher sex drive. And that's the husband's job when he has that higher sexual interest. And when it is the woman, in certain cases it is, she needs to do that too, to engage emotionally. And, um, there, but... At the same time, and this I'm saying not mitzad me, but mitzad research, that there is a reason why someone that has that low sexual drive initially needs to sometimes, again, I'm going to say this even though I said it in the recording, I can't repeat it enough, we're not talking about a husband who is a bad person or had really serious issues. That's a separate subject. Then none of this is expected if you're mistreated in a serious way, then none of this applies. So I'm not talking about that. So remember that as I'm talking. But there's two reasons why you need to go out of your way and push yourself initially to be sexual with the higher sexual drive partner. And one reason is mitzad him, he will be happier, he will be nicer, he will be more pleasant, he will be more grateful, he will even be more from, 
if you play it right, and I'll explain that, meaning more Yerushamayim, more Taira, more Midas Taivais. And I'm going to explain how that goes about. That's number one. So him, he'll be a happier camper. He'll be a happier person. He'll be a happier home. Number two is for you. What do you mean for you? So this Wiener Davis, again, she's been married 40 years, dealt with, dealt with couples for 40 years, brought them back, many of them, from the people, couples that were at the brink of divorce with terrible marriages, and she helped restore it. She said the following, I wish I had a dollar every time, every time I wish I had a dollar, when someone said in my practice the following, I wasn't in the mood for sex, when my husband approached me, but once we got into it, I really had a great time. A great time physically, a great time emotionally. We enjoyed each other. And afterwards, we had the best conversation we had in months and sometimes even in years. That the husband once jokingly after this happened and they related it to her, the husband said to the wife, I wish you could write on your hand, I like I like it, I like sex. So you'll remember the next time that you like it. And again, that was all good natured. But that is very, very true. And this is, by the way, based on science. There's an actual scientific idea behind this. So let me explain the science, the way she explains it, based on the research of someone, Rosemary Barron. That in most, for most people, this is how the desire works. First, you have a desire that could hit you any time. After that, there's an arousal in the body in order to, that, that the body feels that it needs to act on that desire. And then there's the actual, um, the release of orgasm, and the release of it, and then there's the going back to that normal state. But the first two aspects is the desire, which could hit any time. And once that happens, that feeling in the, in the heart and the mind of that desire, then comes an arousal where the body gets activated. But very often, number one and number two is reversed. The body needs to be aroused in order for the brain to register, to register that it has that desire. And that is what happens very often when these wives say these things. When the wives say, I was not in the mood or I was tired, I had to push myself initially, but once I got engaged, I really enjoyed it very, very much, and it was one of the best nights we ever had. That happens because of this, because sometimes the, 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 you, you get the desire, and then there's an arousal in the body, and sometimes you need to get that arousal moving, and then the desire comes in afterwards. And um, when now I'm going to what it says basically like that. What another thing in research that you need to know? They did research that lack of love when meaning they did MRIs on the brains of people who were recently divorced, meaning they felt the pain of rejection. And what they found is those areas in the brain where they experienced that pain, they experienced 
in the same areas as physical pain. And that's rejection, the feeling of rejection. Other types of feelings like sadness, other types of emotional uh, pain did not register there. What registered in the same area in the brain as physical pain? Rejection. That is, to many, the most painful thing. And that is what happens a lot when there's rejection in this area one to the other. And there has to be a great sensitivity to, to that. Now, of course, we're going to learn later, there's these five love languages, five ways to communicate your love to your partner, and all five have to be used. We're not hyper-focusing on sex. That's one thing you need to realize. We're talking now in these, the subject right now, so it's being discussed. But we're not hyper-focusing on it, meaning there's four other languages. And even the fifth, this touch, it's not just the actual sexual act. There's actual other aspects of touch that, that are involved in here. So, again, I'm going to say that, and therefore, and even the one that is touch, it's not just the sexual act that he's craving for. It's not scratching an itch, merely. It's a way of connecting. It's a powerful way of connecting. And that's something you need to know. So, that's why she encourages to do your best. I'm not talking about a case, Halila, where you know, you're not feeling well and you have a right to say, you know, they, there has to be a communication when it's just not Shaykh. But when everything's more or less okay and this is going on, you, there is a tremendous chesed you're doing, not just for your husband, but for yourself. When you do this mutual caretaking and this act of love, and it's in a sense, I admit, it's a mysterious nefesh. And you should know this is hinted in the Megillah. The Megillah says, All the women gave Yikar. Yikar is, is, is Yud, Kuf, Reish. They gave honor to their husbands. And the Mepharshim say, if you look carefully, the word Yikar, which means giving honor, the women gave honor, the Yikar has the same words like Keri. Keri is the seminal omission that um, a man is not supposed to, on his own, cause to come out. And by women taking the giving them the Yikar, this honor, you're turning this Keri and turning it into a Yikar. You're taking his energy in that area and you're bringing it into Kedusha because you're the only place he could go to. A Yikar is connected to Tefillin. Tefillin is connected to Kedusha. Both the arm Tefillin is connected to the Kedusha in the heart. The head Tefillin is connected to the Kedusha of the mind. And you women have a chalik in that mitzvah Tefillin, even though you don't wear Tefillin and you're potter from Tefillin because it's a, it's a positive commandment. It's a positive commandment that you're not required, but you have a chalik in his tefillin. You have a chalik in his kedusha. You have a chalik in, in that. And the truth is, and again, I'm going to tell you something that I will tell the husbands, and you need to be aware of it, and I will tell them this, that it's okay, perfectly okay, 
let's say I'm just giving as a Friday night, you both mutually consent to have a liberal, open sexual experience, greatly enjoying each other in many ways. The, and that's perfectly fine. What's the key? The key is what you do after that. What you do the next morning. Do you treat your wife or your husband with the same respect, with the same derecheretz, and even more? Then you know you're on the right track. If those experiences create a cheapening, you start talking cheaper or acting more cheaply and vulgar, then you know you're on the wrong track. If, the, if you are enjoying the sexual experience on a Friday night, as an example, and that motivates you to get up early in the morning, to have a seder in the morning, to daven with geschmack, and to, and to be moisif in avodas Hashem, and the metayich shaloy even if there's a shaloy in there, okay? You have other reasons also. You just simply plain and simple enjoy it. But if that motivates you to do more mitzvahs, do more maizim taivim, then you're on the right track. If it does not, and you still don't get up early, and you still come an hour late to shachris, and you're still your same old self, and you're not using this experience as a karsatayv to your wife and to your Kaddish Baruch Hu, to motivate you to become closer to Him, to Hashem, then you're not on the right track. So here is where, in a nice way, in a pleasant, non-confrontational way, is a way to engage that type of behavior by saying, you know, the, your, your husband approaches you, discusses, you want, they want to do different things, and you're okay with it for the most part. But you say, I want, first of all, you have a right always to say, I want a friendship. I want an emotional connection. I want uh, for you to be my partner, not just in the bedroom, and then you're checking out. I want you to be my partner all the time. You have a right to say that. You should say that. But you also could say, you know, I notice, you know, you it's not a good example for the kids or whatever it is, or for yourself. You know, Shachris is nine. You're rolling to, out of bed at 9.30. You know, you miss some on Kriyash or whatever. It's not my, I'm not your mashkiach. But if we're doing this already and we're doing this, that should motivate you and to 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 do avoid the Hashem too. That's what the goal is. That's what the goal is. That's what means also, by the way. When you're taking physical pleasures that you enjoy and you're saying to yourself, I am enjoying it, yes, it's true, so you could, whatever it is, you know, but I'm using it to serve Hashem with it. I'm using it to get better then it's a good thing. And that could motivate him. So this is a way where you could actually, I will later at some point bring Chazals to prove this stories in the Gemara to prove this point and how so true it is, what I'm saying now. Although these Gemaras are not talked about. And it's very important. The wife has with her wisdom, she could do this. She could do this. Now, this is the early stages of talking about these type of subjects, again, because in the Shalom Bayes series, I'm talking about all aspects of marriage, but this is one of them that's extremely important, that although it's a private thing, and it's very personal, it cannot be ignored, and it has to be addressed, and that's why I'm addressing it. I have a shikaladas of how explicit I need to be, and I have to figure out the right balance for that. So 
I will continue in this share for the next few minutes, and then there'll be one more where I'm going to go into some of these aspects without being explicit. But you'll understand what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is like this. When it comes to Psak Halacha, you need to understand very carefully how it works. Because again, I'm talking to people from various cultures, and even Paiskim, real Paiskim, have such differences in these subjects from the extreme right to the extreme left, where one says something's usher and one thing says it's not a problem at all. And I'm not going to take the Achrayas to Paskin. But I will bring the Shittas out there because you have an obligation to know them. I'll give you an example from just the simple Hilchas Nida aspect that has nothing to do with this actual sexual act, but a general Hilchas Nida aspect that you know you wear the white in the seven Shivanikim, right? So some have an Indian at that time that all their linen and everything and their underwear, everything is white. That's one shita. Another shita is that, no, just the top sheet where they lay is white and their underwear is white. Another shita that they have regular linen and just their underwear is white or the underwear is not white and they just have a white padding on it, whatever. These are different shitas and halachas and whatever it is. So when my wife happened to ask a kala, ask a kala teacher, what do you teach? So the kala teacher said, I say all shitas. I say some hold like this, some hold like this, some hold like this, some hold like that. The reason it's important to do this because is if a woman is comes from a culture that they're on the machmer side, which is wonderful, and they're very stringent, but they need to know that in case they do have some type of staining issues and there's issues with it, whatever it is, for those people who don't do it, they're not doing k'chulay ka'alacha. Not that you necessarily have to follow that, but you need to understand what's out there. The same thing applies with these type of things. So, for example, there is something called the Isser of Zera Lavatala. You're not supposed to, the, the semen that comes out of the man's body is supposed to go into the woman in that area where she could have children. Well, basically, that's as explicit as I'm going to get. However, many Paiskim hold that any interaction with your wife, if you, the sexual energy and interaction is, is with your wife and in no other situation, then there's no Isser of Zera Levatola whatsoever, even if it does not go in that area. I'm not going to paskin for you. You can't paskin for yourselves, but you need to understand that that heter is there. And everyone, according to them, needs to use their wisdom and to work it out with each other and then talk to the correct Rav who understands these things and to make these decisions accordingly. But what I found is, and again, make stressing very strongly, this is all based on the assumption that the husband is fully, 100% loyal and dedicated to have Shmira Seinayim and made a decision that their marriage is a priority, that you are a priority as a wife and as a friend and as a best friend, and to be loyal to you inside the bedroom, outside the bedroom, during the neither period, during the not neither period, 
when you're not feeling well, when you are feeling well. Period. A complete loyalty. And it's only in that context that all these past three um, addresses are addressing under that context and no other. We'll have one more segment and then we'll stop for a while. I have a feeling there will be feedback, which I may address in future shiurim. I need to address to the men what they need to hear too. And it goes both ways. And this is the problem people mistakes with the, all these marriage jokes that go about and the men making fun of women and women making fun of men and their natures. And I said in good nature, sometimes it's okay, but it could cause a lot of damage. Because what I'm doing here in this specific thing is to trying to explain what a man's nature in general is. And I know it goes both ways. The men often hurt their wives because they don't understand their natures. They don't mean to hurt them, but they don't understand their natures. And the wives mostly do not mean to hurt their husbands, but they don't understand their natures. Especially the ones that are very, uh, you know, um, you know, it, very enclosed, they get scared when they see their husband shows a sexual interest towards them. It causes them to get frightened, and I understand that. Like, like, what are you? You know, oh, the fact that you're even interested in doing different things and whatever it is alarms you to think that there's something wrong and you have bells. Where did you get this from? And very often, it's just simply that they want to use this outlet only to connect with you and to not put their minds in it in everything in any other way. And with the husbands, I tell them that. This only works if you really make a one million percent commitment that all sexual energy is only directed towards and with your wife in her to her periods of time and with no other person and not even with her in her non to her periods of time. And that will be stressed as well. We'll have one more segment, Be'ez Hashem. Have a wonderful day.